2: Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. I'm Hannah Forden, one of this show's producers and HRN's program manager. Today, we're asking, are vending machines the future of food shopping? Many Americans have stopped making trips to the grocery store and instead have their food and other household goods delivered. While there's no arguing with the convenience of this method, the ease for the consumer is not without its downsides. Concerns about labor rights and delivery's hefty carbon footprint abound. While many industries scramble to reinvent themselves in the wake of COVID-19, we're looking around for creative solutions that might already be out there. Today, we're exploring one model of contactless retail as a case study. Josh Applestone and his wife, Jessica, founded a successful butcher shop empire called Fleischer's that changed the landscape for meat eaters in the New York City and Hudson Valley areas. With Fleischer's, the concept was an old-school butcher shop with a cool but approachable edge to it. I can say firsthand that the enthusiastic staff and playful shop culture made their first shop in Kingston a singularly fun shopping experience. Applestone Meat Company, their current venture, is built around meat vending machines. Picture a chic version of a soda machine — it's navy blue and white — but it's loaded with pasture-raised beef and artisanal hot dogs, all sold at an affordable price. Now, the concept has been around for a few years before COVID hit. But now the idea takes on a new significance.
3: There's no silver bullet. Everything has issues. Everything has complications. Everything has cirrus. So when you're doing faceless transactions, it's very difficult to deal with what we have given to us. That's why I've designed and like done my own machine. Because I don't I just don't think anyone was really ready for this, obviously. You know, besides everything else. I just don't think that people... I think people were already considering this type of my, you know, my type of sales, my type of transactions already. And obviously we're, we were busy before this, that I think COVID pushed it forward. But I also think that it's going to pull back. I'm sure there, I mean, I know there's many people out there who are telling you that are telling everyone that the retail is dead or retail the way it was with walking to a store is dead. I can't believe that
2: yet. I, I'm having a big issue. I'm a retail Jew. It's in my blood. I wanted to know what his thoughts were on the future of grocery shopping, of buying food, because I hadn't realized how ahead of the curve he was until disaster hit. Even before the virus, Josh wanted to make retail better and the industry needs new ideas now more than ever. It turns out that COVID caught him in the middle of launching a brand new model for his machines. This new model takes into consideration the many overwhelming factors about shopping, and aims to streamline the process in an intuitive way.
3: And I learned that the new machines I have coming out are really going to work really well because we see the problems with people using vending machines or using just like automated sales, and it really needs to be dialed into a level where it's not like you can't train people how to how to buy or use retail differently because you definitely can. It's just a matter of how fast can you train them. The ones that have an intuitive experience, the ones that walk into a store and walk out like, that was nothing. That is a winner. And we're not there yet. We're almost there. The new machines will do it because the new machines mimic a lot of transactions, a lot of things that people do every day. So like when I was designing them, I was talking, you know, my team. I was like, it has to be like opening a door. No one thinks about how to open a door. No one does. You know, it's like a Far Side cartoon. Everyone knows how to open a door. Everyone knows how to open up a soda can. It's like I wanted, I wanted people to be able to do and mimic certain movements that were that were easy for them.
2: It took some trial and error to find the best setup to enable customers to use the machines without any customer service staff around. The first model asks customers to do a tricky maneuver, pulling a small sliding door to access their purchase, which unlocks very quickly and briefly after you swipe a credit card. This can take a little getting used to.
3: When you actually watch people use it behind the screen and like behind the cameras when we're testing these things, you see what happens. Like, people just, like, walk on, like like, tug, 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 or they don't know the tug and release, or they swipe the card, like, 17 million times. But it's just, like, look, this is just what it is.
2: After witnessing these challenging interactions, there has been a lot of rethinking. The new model pulls on popular devices for inspiration.
3: So what is it? Okay, you ready? It's like a big f***ing iPad. You know what I mean? You can – because that's what everyone knows. Everyone knows iPads. Everyone knows how to scroll through something. Everyone knows how to poke. You know, it's like we get annoyed when something takes more than three or four seconds to process. It's hilarious. Like like I'm 50. I remember when calculator watches were a big deal. So what I did was that I took – I mean I basically it, it has it can hold like up to three or four hundred items instead of a hundred. It's a giant iPad that the whole experience is on that. You can pre-order on your phone and walk up and swipe the, the thing and it'll spit out your order, like a special order. It is made to be really easy to deal with. For programming it and stuff like that, all you gotta do, it's like like the back of the house stuff is really phenomenal for an, a very low trained employee. It's just a matter of uh, scanning a barcode on the piece of meat and then putting it in the, putting it in the, in a slot. That's it. And then when you put it in the, in the machine itself, it, it programs itself. So the back of the house knows what's selling, what's not selling, what needs to be stocked, what doesn't need to be stocked. It's programmed to, to, to watch expiration dates. It's, it's intuitive uh, store in a box. That it's real to me. It's been three years of my life and multiple
2: millions of dollars. Um, it's really great, and it's really f-ing easy to use. We'll be right back to the big food question after a short break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for ten years. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
2: Welcome back to The Big Food Question. Today, we turned to butcher and inventor Josh Applestone to explore the question, are vending machines the future of food shopping? Automated retail brings up the question of employment opportunities. There's no ignoring the fact that food service professionals are being hit harder than almost any other population by job losses. Looking at Applestones as a model... They're able to maintain a staff only slightly smaller than they had for a more traditional retail business.
3: So what we have now is not much different than what we had before. We have, it's like two to three people basically per store we need every time we open a store. Not including a security guard if we need a security guard for over because it's 24-7. And those people, that's not including someone for, we have a full-time person answering phones like a switchboard. So we, we have, originally, we always thought that we would have less employees about it. And what we have is that we might have, we ha- I think we have a little less, maybe 20% less, 30% less overall, because again, we do our own processing. It's interesting to see the store and say, "Wow, a store in Manhattan only needs three people. So yes, we definitely need less people to run a store like that than we would normally. But the back of the house and the production and everything that we're doing, we have a tremendous, And we're still learning about what works and what doesn't. We know this for a fact, that we need more stores open to really support our employees more.
2: Keeping them safe and healthy is important both for the company and its customers. The team at Applestones has joined together to buy groceries in bulk from the wholesale supplier, Baldor. By helping his team avoid crowded grocery stores and pool funds in order to get large quantities... Josh is thinking creatively about the long-term well-being of his team. As for the industry as a whole...
3: Just because I have this model doesn't mean that I feel I don't like going into restaurants or I don't like going into a store and buying something. But I I think that people should be fair-warned that if you have a company that's not making money or you have a company that is just on the edge you have very little time to get it right. That's in the most best of the choice, uh, circumstances. Now with COVID and the idea of pivoting, like you see all these people closing, it's because no one has a backup. And how the hell do you have backup when you make pennies? It's like these models have to be looked at differently. You gotta be lead by example, to really make it work these days and just twist your model to it. Cause that, I mean, we're, 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 we
2: serve at the pleasure of our customers. While well, some things will never change, in many ways, we're looking at a whole new world. Customers may even be seeing Josh's machines popping up in other industries.
3: The new machines can be used for anything, like pharmaceuticals, alcohol, marijuana, anything at all. And yeah, so you can turn any store into a 24 hour. And you, can, like I said, you can pre-buy, you can pick up your prescription, you walk up with a code, swipe it, spits out your prescription. So you can do a lot of regulated stuff.
2: Thanks for listening to The Big Food Question. Stick around to hear what makes our show possible. You can learn more about Applestone Meat Company on their website. Their machines can be found at locations in Stone Ridge and Hudson, New York, with more coming to Scarsdale and Manhattan later this year. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at org. Special thanks this episode to Josh Applestone. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosen-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and Jenny Dorsey. This episode's executive producer was me, Hannah Forden. Our audio engineer is Kevin Chang-Barnum. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.